0: he worked with quite a few so um, I know that he was a student of Rupert Spira for a while Craig um, Good Scott Killaby mm-hmm. um, there's a, a female teacher that I don't know the name of but that he worked with Regarding the the unborn, um, Gangaji? that which is prior. What's that?
1: Would that be Gangaji?
0: Maybe I'm not sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think I I remember him saying the name of this teacher a while ago. Maybe it was in a interview that I heard, and I wasn't familiar with the person, so I don't know that it was someone well-known, which given that insight is probably not surprising. That's not necessarily what people want to hear because it's not understandable. Not that anything else is. So what's the word, Ian?
2: The word is God. No, I don't know what the word is. The word is, the word is, so the word is she sent out the link because Neo got yeah. the link, obviously. Yeah. So she doesn't know why. Why she's just checking into it, see if she'll come back with anything. But there's a looks like it's just us to enjoy ourselves. That's 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 what yeah, it's. The, like. the reason might be that this is
0: <laughs> this is the meeting. <laughs> it's not <laughs> anything's wrong. It's just this is what it is.
3: I have a question. Yeah, go for it so there's this <clears throat> camera example so the okay. camera just uh is not the one when i pointed to an object the camera doesn't see the object but mm-hmm. the camera thinks or may think it's seeing the object uh let's say the camera also moves and then the camera may think or will think "Oh, i'm doing the moving." this sense of self or the sense of agency so if that's the case if it applies to the imaginary character here and if I'm thinking or I'm doing the talking I'm doing the walking uh, if it's already happening and that means the thoughts are coming appearing in the mind after uh, the action happens And that uh i don't know if that logic is uh it's uh, it's, a, it's a little weird question but when i think about it it's confusing me
0: i'm not uh, sure i understand it. the question
3: yeah um, so i think it's about the free will part
0: uh-huh if
3: the camera is not doing the scene that means mm. and the camera uh, has a feeling of i although there's no i Uh, for the camera and if it's the
0: same is it so is it true that the camera has a feeling of an eye
3: in that example if i have this feeling of uh this imaginary character Mm -hmm.
0: so who has that feeling hmm? who has that feeling
3: in the case of the imaginary character in in a for an unawakened person Mm -hmm. Uh, so that uh, unimaginary characters thinking I'm the doer I'm the uh, I'm the doer but that means uh, it's like a puppet it's not doing uh, the action the action is already happening but the puppet is thinking it's doing it because the mind the thoughts are feeding the mind appearing in the mind it's uh, I am doing it but that means uh, the thoughts uh, should be happening after the action is happening to validate to to take the ownership of that action.
0: my question st- is is can a puppet think? It's uh, like good. the the answer to the question is in looking closer at if the question is, is actually based in something that's yeah. happening. The confusion might be trying to figure something out, but it's based on a false premise. So what's mm-hmm. the, the the unit isn't thinking The, is unit mm-hmm. the unit is in appearance, and thoughts are in appearance. Everything is appearing. So mm-hmm. if we're trying to solve the free will um, idea, how what has free will if it feels like there's a doer? Might be closer to local. What are we actually assuming first that's happening? Right.
3: There's this uh, uh, experiment they did <clears throat> with uh, some people. They implanted a chip but they didn't mm. know uh, what it was going to do. So they press the button and the person turns their head uh, without them knowing. Mm. And then they ask them. "They Okay, they press the button. Uh, the woman uh, the, turns her head, uh, looks to the right and then they ask her, okay, why did you turn your head? And she answers, oh, I, want, I wanted to check something in my purse. And then they press the button. And uh, this time she looks to the left and then they ask her, why did you turn your head? And then she answers, oh, I was shaking uh, something on the floor. So it's not her doing. Mm-hmm. But she thinks she was, uh, she was doing it, but she was justifying her action with uh, right. her thought. So that thought must be happening.
0: Yeah. After. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like subtitles on a screen in a movie. Exactly. Yeah. There's movie (laughs) The the script is is saying I'm doing the moving. I'm I'm running after you know a, a criminal as a cop or whatever the you know what's happening on the screen. But it's it's an afterthought. It's an after. Um. And you're very nice to look at, but you're you're kinda of taking up the whole screen. I wanna look back at, at at Neo. Hold on, let me pin him. <laughs> um Yeah, it's it's all an afterthought. So it's the the activity of um like character patterns, right? It's it's all about claiming that what's appearing is about someone but that happens after that's the you know hand moves and then there's a thought oh i did that but there isn't someone that did that if we look we can't find the one that actually made the decision or that the movement is in reference to it's not it's not findable it's not there so what's happening is just there's movement and then there's commentary on what the movement is in reference to but that doesn't mean that there's actually someone that's doing that just means that there's a narrative about something that isn't there so like uh an example i often use is if i keep on getting uh news notifications about crazy stuff that, um, the prime minister of America is doing all these policies that the prime minister of America is, is setting up and, um, you know, it's going to make a real impact on how everyday life in America is, um, for its citizens. I don't actually have to worry about that news update because there isn't a primary, prime minister of America. In the same way, we don't have to worry about how do I do something? How, how does Neo figure something out? Or how does Bo uh, you know, participate in the Zoom meeting? Right? We don't have to worry about how that works because there isn't actually a Neo and a Bo. In the same way, I don't have to worry about all those commentaries on the prime minister of america because there isn't one so it's just a false reference as fred says
3: right Mm -hmm. so at that point in that case how is science not be able to detect this that thoughts are actually happening after the action
0: happened that's a I mean I I'm not a scientist so I I can't right. say. Yeah this is my
3: question that I've been you know thinking about. Just,
0: but I, th- I think it's in that case it could also be uh, why is it important for science to reflect that? Why do I need that to be verified verified there? If I can just look at my experience and see that that's what's happening, that why do I need it to be, you know? Show sure, to other people objectively, you know, scientifically. Well, it's objective from a subjective idea of what a, what's objective. <laughs> this is not entirely objective. I'm not. I'm not saying that science is wrong or anything like that. I. I what I'm saying is that um, if we get caught up in this insight that's being expressed in non-duality, or you could say in my experience in experiencing, I need that, if if it feels like I need that to be verified through this particular methodology that, I don't know, to to make there not be this dissonance between what's being presented in spirituality versus what is being talked about in science. It's much more worthwhile to look at who is it that needs that dissonance to not be there, or who is that dissonance happening for? Who needs spirituality and science to completely be overlapping? You know, that's much more worthwhile, I think, would provide more ease and comfort than figuring out a way for the square peg to fit in the round hole, you know? Yeah, I see your point. Good question, though.
1: Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, if I may, I, I, I remembered seeing scientific research that concluded that uh, after the body moves, after a certain time, then the brain activity is detected. There seems to be a tiny time gap. It's not simultaneous, but the brain activity comes after the event. Mm -hmm. But um, they have a fancy name for that uh, phenomenon, but I I forgot it. But it's very interesting, uh, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And indeed, we, we claim it afterwards and make it ours. And if we do that, then, of course, we also have to come up with a reason for it. Yeah. And if there's no pattern visible that supports that action, that makes it uh, uh, feasible, or you see a, a causal relation, then, of course, something has to be made up. Because otherwise, house of course will fall down.
0: True. Well, true. Yeah. Yeah, there's a a article by a neuroscience scientist that Ian sent out a while ago, I actually have it um, I can send to you that talks about how like no self is actually verified through neuroscientific research. Mm-hmm. Um, if only I could find it. Okay, here it is. Um I'll send that to you in the chat, Neil. Ian, what do you think?
2: So right, I think so I, I I I was diagnosed with Bicoma about four weeks ago, four to five weeks ago, and the girl that sent me that um, neuroscience document, there, she, um, I went twice to my opticians, who have a lot of equipment. They're, they're probably the best equipped people in London. He sent me to an ophthal- ophthalmic surgeon, who confirmed the diagnosis. My friend Jackie, who sent me this, whose passion in life, she's a scientist, scientist who works on reprogramming the subconscious reaction the response mechanism that the organism has, the body has a response mechanism. So she told me, don't worry, I'll sort that out, come and see me. So I drove to Luton. She spent three hours with me and she did lots of things on my eyes. So she opened up my learning modality. She got me to see from the back of my head and I could see the inside of my eyeballs from where i was looking and she told me the body's not seeing seeing's happening and it appears to be going through the body because the light comes in through the eyes that reflects out tell you with the conditioning of your personality upbringing etc what to see it tells you what to see and that's why it's simultaneous and in that creation the mind creates a model. The model doesn't have to be accurate. It just needs to be a model so that the physiology can navigate the world without getting run over or can respond or defend itself. So the model could be like, for example, if you're chopping wood, the axe doesn't need to be really sharp. It just needs to be enough to break the wood. So it doesn't, it doesn't need to be the right model. But this model is changing every milliseconds as the brain is is generating a new model of an of an of a body to navigate in the world so anyhow we do some crazy experiments or i thought were crazy experiments on on the screen i go back to the optician last thursday and after another two or three hours on specialist machines he's tapping his pen on the table and he asked me am i okay and i said yeah i'm fine he said, well, I don't quite know how to tell you this. He said, but something really amazing's happened to your eyes. He said, your pressures are back normal. Your retinal thickness is back to normal. Your peripheral vision is that of a 35-year-old. And your eyesight's improved. He said, I, I've never seen it. He's 62 years old. I've said, I've never seen it, anything like this. And he showed, because I've been mapping it for years on on the trajectory of certain things. And he showed me the spikes since my last visit when he diagnosed me with glaucoma. He said, I'd never in a million years say now that you are anywhere near glaucoma as a patient. So I explained to him about this girl, Jackie, and the reprogramming and, and the, 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 the body's a model that's produced just a produced model out of what needs to be. So they're, they're going to have some conversations around it but it's probably the most amazing thing that i've gone through in a in a week is that transformation where he was completely lost for words he'd never seen it in all his medical history that someone with glycoma in three weeks came back and it was just disappeared so when i called her up and said hey jack you've got something really exciting she said yeah the guy told you your glycoma's gone right and i said yeah how do you know he said yeah because because I know then she showed me a video of a guy with cerebral palsy who she got to move his hands and fingers by retraining the automatic response system it's just absolutely mind-blowing she she I only went to her first of all about my sugar addiction and I've sent lots of people there to her but she's more of a scientist doing doing testing but this one with the glycoma was you know i was looking forward to surgery and possible blindness and the, the optician can't find any, you know, he. I went to him twice and to a specialist in central London. They all concurred that it was all downhill for my sight from here on in. And yet I went back Thursday and he has no explanation whatsoever, which just shows me that when we look for a scientific response, it's like he doesn't even know how she did that. I don't I don't even know if she does, but what she did tell me was the body knows how to grow eyesight cells. It already knows it, it must do because it grew in the womb and it grew from a birth to an 18, 20 year old. And at some point, because when I went in to see her first of all, her first question was Do you do you believe that the body ages and decays as it gets older? I said, Yeah, of course. Said, okay, we need to deal with that first. So she because she she knows that the ice cells had to grow. And at a certain point, it tips over and it starts to age. So she just reset them back to a point where they're starting to regenerate. That's all she did. And she said, to do that, you need to go through learning. And human beings don't like to learn. You'll know that if you try to learn anything new, it's very resistant to learning. So what she's learned how to do is to get you to learn by tricking you into what you're seeing and experiencing isn't real and what happens then a learning modality opens because it needs to know because it doesn't feel i don't know this so i better learn and understand and in that moment she's telling me so i've got these eye drops they were seriously burning my eyes so in the process to show you how much how it works there are four things that your brain will hold in its subconscious regarding the condition of the eye drops the first experience is a learned experience that these drops burn my eyes I've now learned it so as soon as I put the drops in there's a predictive model that tells me it's going to burn so it's preparing the body for the burning so in the learning modality she got a small little part of the drop and put it into my eye and talked to me about it as she's opening the learning modality, she's noticing the wetness and the freshness around the eye and that people tell you things that aren't true and you make assumptions about things that aren't true. So we went through this process two or three times. Now when I put my drops in, there's no burning. It, she just absolutely eroded it. And if you if you want to check out what that is, Neo, if you type in catastrophic forgetting, catastrophic forgetting is where the where the body, the mind, learns new processes response mechanisms so she says the body's an automatic response mechanism to the environment regarding some sense of needing to not die that is eating or not being eaten so so that the body will learn what it needs to learn to navigate and survive in the in in the um in in the environment so so what then what you believe tends to come into what you see but The experience of seeing the back of my eyes, she tried to get me to see the pupil, which I couldn't quite see. I I could see some some differences in the centre. But that exercise, she got me to see on the screen that your eyes are not seeing. She said, the problem we have is that we think we're seeing from here. That's not what's happening. We're seeing through these eyes. The the eyes are doing nothing more than allowing lighting to allow the reflection of what we see out into the world. And she had a very scientific view of what I was imagining is all of my thoughts and memories were contaminating that as it grew that, you know, Ian was left out or alone or whatever I'd been, whatever the body had learned to protect itself from suffering or pain, it was putting out there in the world. But there wasn't anybody there. There's never been anybody there. And I think she's the closest. I've discussed it with Fred actually, and Fred, I might set up a conversation between. Them. It'd be very interesting. She's absolutely convinced there's no one there. There's just a response mechanism, like some kind of organism, but there's no one in the organism. It's just a response mechanism, and I thought that was, yeah, the the, the just weird, very weird. It was um. There were some really good exercises that she did. That So the other thing she got me to do was I did all my looking out of my left eye and all of my looking out of my right eye. She said, we if we've got both eyes open, we look out of both. She got me to put all my looking, because she's working with cameras, so she puts the camera on this side so I can see my eye on the screen. And she got me to put all of like my attention through the left eye and then the attention through the right eye and then back through both, said, okay, now we got them balanced again. It was resetting them from leaning one side or the other where your attention's passing through. And she got, by going to one and the other, she like broke up the the stuckness of the eyes. And and my peripheral vision is 98% in my left eye and 100 in my right eye. When I went to him, first of all, at the age of 45, my figures weren't that good. And I'm now 58. It's uh, it's been an amazing week for, not disbelieving medicine, but the power of the something, just absolutely mind blowing. So yeah, what is it called this process? This... So she 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 doesn't really she, she doesn't really have it. She um she calls it a VLXR. Her name is Jackie Bryant. She's done one trial at Brunel University here in England, but she's more, so I asked her about going commercial with things and having patients. She said, well, yeah, and then there'll be money and I'll get distracted from the science. She said, "I, it will be fine. When I cure cancer and motor neurone disease, one day when I die, someone's gonna take my work and I'll get a Nobel Peace Prize when I'm dead. She's not interested in anything other than the science. She's a bit like the Back to the Future guy with the, with the white hair. She's stuck in that lab and she's the only one in her lab. And God knows what will happen if she dies. But I just happened to bump into her a few years ago and through a friend of mine for my sugar addiction, which she, she cured and uh, got me addicted to cucumber and fresh fruit instead, <laughs> which is <laughs> really interesting. Um, but it's a bit like, I see it very linked to what we're doing here. When I work with Bo and Fred, there's like at one point, It's like a conveyor belt of my beliefs. They're chugging along the conveyor belt and at some point something drops off the back and there's a whole new way. And that's why I think you called it like a spiral bow. Like like it looks like you're moving or a method, but actually you're more like marching on the spot. And, And it's like a conveyor belt of old thoughts that disappear. And in the disappearance of those thoughts, freedom arises. I don't quite know how to say it but i see something very similar to what she did with the physiological that's what happens with the method with the mental like beliefs step by step they get eroded away and then it's quite clear that there's no one there at all and yet there's still the experience of ian and the children but there's no one that sort of has it or suffers because of it very fascinating yeah She's Thanks doing a new experiment now at my workplace. So at my workplace, we've got six people with long COVID still. She's going to help them eradicate long COVID over Zoom. She says that long COVID is a sleep mode in human beings. So if they didn't know how to handle long COVID, the body went into shutdown mode. And then second time they got COVID... The body went into shutdown mode, but it doesn't know how to restart itself. It only learned how to shut down. Some people can't restart. So the energetic lull and the loss of taste, the body said that needing to taste wasn't necessary. So cut the energy of that. And that's so the survival from the virus. So they didn't, it doesn't kickstart back up. She said that the taste of tomatoes and peppers is visual, not on your tongue. You'll see it coming through the eyes. And when you see a tomato coming, it doesn't make the link to the taste to give you the tongue to give you the taste. And when she reprograms, the first thing you taste is horrible because there's no connection with the original taste of tomato. It takes two or three times to connect the taste back to what it was before. And then your whole system livens up. She's had people on the screen who have been in long COVID for two years shake and go wow what happened to me because she just kick-started the engine like like restarting the screen out of sleep mode all it is is a is a switch inside the mind or inside the physiological that the the body's gone into a sleep mode so she's going to do that over zoom she can do it face to face and she's got a phenomenal record she did at brunel university she got 100 success and it wasn't her doing it she had to get the university students to actually do it as part of the trial but now she wants to do it over Zoom because once she can deliver the programs over Zoom, then she can make note- notes about how to do it with pre-recordings. And, and then she can really start to make a difference for for people in the world with all sorts of things. Balding, she she can do people who can't have babies. She, she's got all sorts of things on our list she's been working on. It's fascinating. Mm. But really in tune with this, you know she uses arousal of the sensory system where we say the sense of ian she's saying that's an arousal of your sensory system that knows something there's there's a there's a feeling that you know something like you're being left out or there's your children or love or whatever it is and then there's the universe is made of knowledge it's just made of knowledge there's a knowledge that the mind knows Of a word like an apple but you'll never know the apple it will only know the word but it can string together using something that's separate so there's that sense of separation and she's got that in a sort of scientific model which hats off to her i think i've never heard anyone speak like that when they talk about arousal systems she said the trap of humans is is we think we've got five senses actually we've got thousands of senses but we've only actually used really five of them with regard to. But actually, there's so many senses going on in the background that it feels like there's someone there. And actually, we're just what we see and what we hear. But but the senses that fuel it, like, for example, <laughs> at the uh, uh, we were on a call the other day, and, and Louise was talking to the marketing people about the team. And she had Bo there and Dennis there and Fred there and but my i was the only one in the team whose name wasn't on the list now this physiological person over here has a sense around being left out of things so all my life there's as soon as i feel there's being i'm being left out of something there's a defense mechanism here that says you need to protect yourself from the hurt so when, when the body has that experience, first of all, it hurts. And it doesn't like hurting. So what it does, it protects itself. And then it says, look out for this in the future. So when she went through that list and my name wasn't on it, I couldn't concentrate in the meeting. I had to go back and say, "Why well, wasn't I on the list. <laughs> and it's really interesting to see how quickly the Ian unit, the Ian came back into being as Ian was left off the list. Like there was some suffering here about this list, about the the list that was on the screen. But these senses are, they're, they're a learned model that, they're not a real model, they're like a model that you navigate, like a map you can navigate the world with. So when I come up against being left out or not being good enough or... And then something happens, and it gives you a sense of something's wrong here, and then the suffering, you imagine then what should be happening in order to fix where the suffering came like a you know if you if you try to know temperature, you'll only know temperature by saying hot and cold, and as something becomes more hot, it must become less cold, and as something becomes more cold, but you can't know temperature in the same way you can't know length length means nothing temperature really means nothing without any hot or cold or any parameters to give you existence so this comes into existence this feeling through some kind of like automated i suppose i saw it more when i saw my looking from back here through the eyes and it's it's not that i was there it's like the the arising of the experience of being left out, not that there was an even being left out, but I could so see it because I've started to see from back here instead of from here, because from here you see out, from back here, you the body's in front of what you're seeing. It's like when you talked about the camera earlier, yeah. I actually got back to what you were saying, they're going, well, yeah, I, I can so get that these eyes are nothing more than like the light portals to a camera. But to see the back of my eyeball looked like Fred's bubble of self-reflection. You know, that sort of, because she asked me, what do you see? And I said, oh, I see all sort of like glittery, coloury, bl- blurry, glassy things. And she said, oh, that's the back of your eyeball. Because the light comes in through the centre and it shines back out. It was, um, yeah, it changed my whole perspective on, on, on sight and experience. Wow. Mm. Now I can fix the word of glycoma. i tell you what, baldness for men, 25 pounds a month, guaranteed me. She she said, I guarantee I can get people's hair growing easily. But why do I waste my time doing that when people are dying of motor neuron disease? I said, because we can get 25 million pounds a week by putting 25 pounds and she's just not interested. But yeah, she's uh, aging, turning back time, healing healing organs that have decayed. It's all possible. It's all possible by programming the... Re, reprogramming, basically... I'll tell you what it is, Bo. It's the beliefs. She's changing beliefs using the, the learning, overwriting beliefs. And what Fred's doing in the teaching is there's no e Ian suffering. And once that's learnt, that, wow, it seemed, it's like a learning but it comes from a different place. The insight insight model, I think, Bo would say, when you have an insight, you learn something new that wasn't known. And in a way, you're not learning something new. You're getting rid of something that was false. Yeah, that- I, would,
0: I wouldn't say that you're learning something. You're unlearning something.
2: Unlearning something.
0: So when you were talking earlier, I, I forget what exactly you were saying, but it's not that insight is gained insight is the absence of a belief that's held on to or fixated on. So it's, it's like you don't actually have to do anything to see that the eye isn't seeing. You just have to look closer at that belief Mm -hmm. in the same way. You don't have to do anything to see that the, the, the body's not what's experiencing. You just, Look closer at that belief and see that it's the basis of it is untrue that's what i was saying about a puppet can't think like mm. the 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 tension or the discomfort the confusion around that idea of doership is resolved not in by understanding something through a spiritual framework but by seeing that the premise Itself is what's leading to the confusion and believing that the premise is true, that there's that th- this is how things work. And given that this is how things work, how can this be true? Mm-hmm. But seeing that that's not actually how things work is all that needs to be done. in the same way of how do I wake up? You look close, you look closer at where where is that whole premise starting from? What's your starting point? If you're believing that you're someone that life is happening to, that will seem like an impossibility. That will seem like something that is a real Herculean task. And then you go on this hero's journey of somebody that's on the path of awakening and eventually they'll you know, just be swimming in bliss or whatever the idea is. They'll finally be free later. And by starting with that premise, you're overlooking that this is freedom itself already. Mm -hmm. This is what freedom looks like. This is what freedom feels like. But by focusing on our ideas about what's happening, You're not in the position to notice what is already happening because you're focusing focusing on your ideas. Whose ideas are they? It's just patterns. It's not actually someone's ideas.
2: I think that like yes, I would say in in, in the imagined world of yesterday, there were times yesterday where you would never have got me to see that at all because there was so much um this is wrong, that is wrong. We had a few incidents at work yesterday in though it seems in those moments, I'd never quite see that after a while, I seem to calm down really quickly, and then I can see what you're pointing to now, but at the time, it felt like I was being pulled like into something and when i'm in that something i can't see or hear what you're saying it just seems like frustration mm-hmm. and this is never going to end and why is it happening to me and then and see that camp- that that
0: perpetuates because like you, <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> what, what,
2: being laughed that's one the, of my the, things just to let you know guys
0: <laughs> the 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 premise is when i'm in that you're not in that so the the invitation is to look. Oh, am I actually in that? Am I in that? Am I actually in misidentification? Mm. What could be in? Where are you? What is what is that that's in? Right. What what is it that's caught up in belief? Like looking closer at at that. Just the foundation of when I'm in that. There's no one in that. It's just how oneness is appearing. And it's believing that it's. Have an you ever left your one. car
2: with the handbrake off on a hill? You turn around and it's going down the hill, and you're chasing it. Yeah, that's how it feels to say, "Hold on. As you're chasing your car, you're you yeah. you're trying to get. Am I really? You're just chasing the car. You're so chasing the car down the road to try and stop it. The thought of am I in this or not in this doesn't even occur. It can't occur. Right. You're trying to chase the car in the dream that i shouldn't have left the handbrake on and i don't have a chance it it seems in here in this quiet space of the q a (laughs) but when your car's rolling down the hill and you've got to chase it right so
0: but does that mean If your car is running, run rolling down the hill, you you better you better get it. You better do something, right? Because then that that could lead to, you know, destruction. But that doesn't require believing the narrative that response. That's not the requirement. The unit is just going to do what it's going to do. So. Response happens or reaction happens, but it, uh, the suffering that goes along with it is optional completely. And it's by looking at this, where am I starting from? The whole idea, What what is the belief that's playing out here?
2: Because Fred and Betsy said the other day, they said that whenever whenever there seems to be some Fred or Betsy Sharp, they just don't say anything to each other. And 15 mm-hmm. minutes later, it's all passed. And I'm thinking that that that's not a bad model mm-hmm. not a bad model at all because once you step into that then it's <laughs> the car can roll further down the hill and you're going further down the rabbit hole I think that was quite there was two things actually that Fred said recently that really got me in a wonderful place one was that and the second one is the fullness of emptiness there was something about it being really full there weren't any gaps or spaces in that emptiness. And there was something about the potentiality of that for everything to show up inside of that. Can't quite remember what you said now. Yeah, I can't remember.
0: If it feels like you're in something, it's believing thought doesn't mean that
1: you're actually in it. Isn't that basically what Fred would call unit overwhelm? Because, you know, when you, I started meditating because it wasn't very uh, uh, friendly at home. We had small kids, they were annoying me all day and I was angry all day. And and, and the the atmosphere at home wasn't uh, very good. And there was just no awareness of my own behavior. And at a certain point, uh, my wife said, well, uh, it has to be changed because otherwise, you know, this is no fun. Uh, I'm angry all day. Everything the kids do, you know, our kids are, they spill the milk, for example. Uh, Every morning with breakfast, they spill the milk. And I was already angry when I sat down at the table because I know they're going to spill the milk. So I was ready when it happens to react to that. So that had to change. And uh, I went on one of those uh, Vipassana courses. I don't know if you know them.
2: What was that saying? Dennis, I didn't
1: hear that. It's a Vipassana. It's a Guenka. He's a teacher. He passed away in the meantime. A long time ago, I guess. But it's very, uh, a very rigid uh, retreat. Ten days of noble silence and uh, 100 hours of meditation. Um, but it's not about that course. It's about, you know, start developing a muscle because you you meditate and you start observing yourself and in the beginning it's only on the on the cushion that this observing is there Uh, but later on it starts to translate into daily life as well and then the stronger that sense of being aware of your own responses to things gets stronger then the higher the uh the threshold becomes before you go into unit overwhelm. If I see my car running down the street with the handbrake off, that's uh, that's quite an event, and that's that's going to you know push the unit into an automatic response. Uh, that's too strong to uh, for that for that self awareness muscle at that time. But I think it's possible to even in that moment you know, the unit is going to react the exact same way and is going to chase the car. But there won't be the real stress at that moment. So I think that's possible, but it's just that it depends on how, how high that threshold is before you go into unit overwhelm. Same as, same goes for trauma or, uh, you know, grief, uh, everything that happens in human life. Mm. If, it, if it exceeds the threshold, then you're going to go into unit overwhelm and you it will feel like you're in it but no in reality that's not possible but it's going to feel that way that's mm. what I guess that's what Fred also calls uh, oscillating mm. and uh, by the way the behavior did uh, improve so I'm still with my wife
0: <laughs> that's good
1: this this was a long time ago and uh, I don't meditate as much anymore uh basically partly because of fred because you know it's become very obvious that uh, it has its benefits but it wasn't going to yield the result that i was hoping like this you know explosive awakening after I was going to be floating around on a cloud of bliss making everyone around me uh, jealous and of course me very special uh so fred uh, helped me get rid of that image and get the focus back onto what's here right now. And um, that's probably one of the biggest takeaways not focusing on anything that's never going to happen anyway. You know, it's possible, but uh, uh, even if it happens, it's not a goal worthy of pursuit. Because, you
2: know. One of the things not... that I think is really worth from what you said there, Dennis, is like the the. the... In, in the lady, again, with the programming, she has to video her clients at the start to say, for example, I'm a sugar addict. Because after six weeks, because she's taken away the thought of being a sugar addict, they will be absolutely convinced that they were never a sugar addict. And I think that happens in this teaching. If I went back two years to the time I met Fred, i think i've been eroded that the sense or the sensory has been eroded away but there's if you took me back i probably wouldn't even recognize the person talking or the energy coming off them to now i think that it would be really good to see people on video two years ago talking or sharing and see them now and you'd probably feel something just like what you're saying there, Dennis, about lowering the raising the threshold to it or actually I think reducing the the felt experience or that sort of generated it. And I think that's that's what I see in this teaching is why the clearing is so important. It's absolutely critical to have an awakening session and not have the clearing. It, it fulfills that there's something in the awakening like what you said it's going to be petals and, <laughs> and you're going to be the special one but really all the action happens once the recognition that there's it's seen or recognized in any glimmer that there's not an ear the clearing can start and it's in that clearing and wearing down of that earness less and less and less that gives them more freedom in it, every area because they're not gaining anything or learning anything. As both said, it's uh, just more freedom. Yeah, there's no, all I, this is freedom. But if we
1: would have to define what Ian is, then it's just a collection of patterns, right? So if there's yeah. enough um, alertness present in, in the moment at the at the time that patterns emerge or if someone pushes a button, then you, there's an automatic response if you're able to... Even if the response happens, but if you in that moment are able to spot that there's a, 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 re, a response being triggered, then it's going to erode, and and that's what I feel is is clearing is having the the, the presence to see the responses, and even if they if they manifest, uh, you will see them. They will not take as long, and then the next time they will be less strong. As long as you just you know, if you're just in a moment and there is a awareness there and a, or a sense of being you know, conscious sense, sense of being I mean, that's what I meant by the benefit of meditation it's that it's reflection the constant reflection and it doesn't have to be in the front of the mind it can be in the back of the mind, it doesn't have to be really uh, alert focus, just some awareness of what's happening is, is already enough and then clearing is basically automatic Mm. and uh, that's the same thing as what fred does with uh, the sense of being meditation that that is that alertness and awakeness that you need to see what happens in a non-personal way I'm picking up meditation again because you know it just it does support that process Mm. it's just basically just healthy
2: you have any other questions (laughs) Nia? let me check my list there But it's very quiet in here. This this view of Fred's living as true nature, I experience it to be more like this. This is what I had as an expectation of of that group, as opposed to the Satsangs. More more um. What did you say, Dennis? You said not triggers. You didn't say triggers, less. The less noise, I suppose, less triggers come what you said, you said a word. You don't get activated quite so much, I think. Yeah, automatic response or pressing of a button yeah. or. Yeah, just less bouncing around. <laughs>
1: I would say that this process, you know, this maintaining some sense of awareness of what's going on supports the clearing process. The other aspect of the well, I don't want to call it a fight, but uh, you know, the, the if there is effort into progressing on the path, so to speak, then there's also this notion of Everything that is an, is an experience that has a beginning and a middle and an end is not me. I am that which gives space to everything that is arising. I am that which, uh, you know, it's not completely true, but that with, with which witnesses everything. And at the same time, the human experience is just all the time there, so there's this contradiction or paradox constantly in consciousness like this is happening feels like it's happening to me but it's not it's like a movie playing before my eyes and it's not really touching or affecting me and that's that's also something that I been struggling with for well for a long time especially if uh, big things happen in life that are really intense and then this contradiction or or paradox becomes very tough and you you get challenged to try and apply that absolute view of life to apply to life but as fred always says it's not possible but that's a very strange place to be because the unit will try to use it as a coping mechanism something bad happens for example then you can easily go into why well, it's not me? The person never existed anyway, or it's just a movie. Mm-hmm. But it's going to interfere with the unit processing what happened, and you know, grieving or whatever is necessary to process that event. And that's a very strange place to be. It took me a long time, and I'm not, I'm not going to say that I'm there. I'm just learning to let it just be there at the same time. And don't worry about it. Mm. I mean, the experience is what it is. I don't have to choose. I don't have to. uh, There's no right or wrong. There's no good or false. It's just what it is. There's this, and there's this, and that's the end of the story. Sometimes one part takes the front stage, and sometimes the other part. And uh, that's just the way it is.
0: I feel like that's where compassion comes in, because when we're holding on to that absolutist view that I mean really, it's it's a aversion response wearing spiritual clothing, um. You know, there's, there's nothing happening, and therefore the emotional response that's coming through the unit is somehow um, not based in truth, or it's not, um, there's like a mistake, or there's something wrong, or something like that. And it, in my experience what can initially feel like a disconnect between non-dual insight and how relativity is playing out apparently that disconnect dissolves when we consciously meet our expression as this from the love that we are because given that this isn't happening to or for anyone and given that whatever is arising can't actually define what we are or touch what we are that opens up the opportunity to unconditionally love what's here and embrace what's here and really it's not a a choice that then leads to something it's just aligning with what's already the case you're already embracing this as what you are as the love that you are and so if it feels like there's a disconnect that quality of, of love is just being overlooked or denied. And really that, that happens out of out of fear of intimacy because this is you. You're not separate from anything. There isn't anything outside of you to be separate from. And that that negating that putting away that holding at arm's length that the tendency to take the absolutist view is coming from is just a a way to not be with what is as what is. There's uh, we cope with the absolutist view because the narrative is painful. Mm -hmm. But if We look closer at what's actually here. Nothing in the narrative is actually here. There's just what is. There's just this radiant aliveness. And there isn't anything wrong. There isn't anything broken. There isn't anything missing. There isn't anything that needs to be resolved. Even if there is emotion playing out that's difficult, there's been a lot of grief coming up in this relative life. So my grandma is at the end of um, her time here and has been for a while, and I'm giving for her. And it's it's very difficult emotionally. But I'm not able to effectively process those emotions If I'm viewing the relative experience as something that's actually inconsistent with non-dual insight, there's only non-duality. So that's if it feels like there's two modes playing out, two two views that are inconsistent with each other. Like we were saying at the beginning, the invitation is to to look closer at what what are we presupposing to be the case? And in looking closer at that the imagined division resolves, the imagined disconnect resolves, and then there's just unconditionally being with and as what you are. And there's a tenderness, there's a gratitude a just a, a love that like that's that's all you wanted all, all you wanted was to see that the rope isn't actually a snake all, all you wanted was just to to celebrate um, the the playfulness of sometimes seeing the rope as a snake, but honoring the ropeness of the rope, to use that metaphor, it's the suffering is is based in, I know what this is. And even further than that, that there's someone that this is appearing to and for. Um, But all the ideas of, you know, this is a difficult situation, it should be different. That mm-hmm. uh, there's a mistake or this emotional response mm-hmm. isn't based in true insight. I mean, on one hand, that there's some validity in that because it's not the conditioning that wakes up or it's not the conditioning that sees clarity. It's There's clear recognition. Um, but really that that suffering, that that resistance, what that's inviting is, you know. See me for what I am, which is you, which is the aliveness that you are. Not, Not this story that's being pasted over top of this is a difficult situation for a bow or for a dentist. That this is a human life that has all this stuff. Like those are all ideas and frameworks that we can use as a, a way of exploring and navigating, and it has practical use. But that difficulty, the suffering is in that that's the alarm clock as as fred says mm. of i'm there's a conditioned believing in a story and the suffering is that it's not actually the, the the believing in the story is what's incongruous with insight it's not the presence of what's appearing that's incongruous and that is clear in looking closer at what am i actually believing this to be and that doesn't mean that grief goes away, or anger goes away, or difficult emotions go away, because that's love too. That's, that's part of the delight of this, the, the beauty, the miracle of experiencing, is all of those difficult human experiences. It's not going to feel that way to the, to the mind. But the good thing is that um, we don't have to wait for an argument with what is to ever be in agreement with what is because it's based out of being in argument with what is. You know, resistance (laughs) will never express acceptance, right? So Mm. we can just put that to rest and let the mind do what it does. And what the mind does is less uh, burdensome when we look closer at what, what is that really? What is that activity really? A mind is only in reference to someone that knows what that appearance is in reference for. We're being honest. Nothing here can be described accurately in any way. And that's the freedom. This is taking care of itself. And sometimes that looks like having an emotionally difficult experience. It's always like, what, you know, what is the invitation here? Words have stopped, and I have absolutely no idea what I just said. <laughs>
1: I, know, I know the feeling. <laughs> but it is interesting how suffering plays a role in, in seeing true nature, or awakening, I want to call it. I was uh, Where's the German uh, the guy again? To- uh, Ad- Ad- uh, Tolle. Eckhart Eckhart, yeah. <clears throat> he, he woke up in an extreme moment of suffering when he was completely uh, rock bottom. Uh, didn't want to live anymore. Didn't want to be Eckhart anymore. He was really out of it. That's when his awakening occurred but it's an extreme example I guess but in general I think suffering makes us more willing to not be ourselves so to speak so so there is so there is room to see what's really there mm-hmm. because we you know if, if suffering becomes intense enough you're willing to just you know dump the whole story of the life and uh, you know, just make it something else. <laughs> so on one hand, it can uh, can inhibit your processing of what happened, as I said earlier. With you know, if it's trauma, whatever grieving, then it it can give you a false coping mechanism. But also, it can promote the process by creating that space. I think this might have played for fred as well he has his chair he has had his chair i don't know Can you think of any other place where people will be comfortable with a silence like this? I love it. Mm-hmm. I don't know any other place.
2: Since it's a different type of silence, it's not the being quiet silence, it's the silence below all things that that's nourishing. I think, and you could say it's nourishing or cleansing or something. It's beautiful.
1: Mm. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah thank great you
0: session. Right. Thank mm. you.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed it very much. Yeah. Thanks for showing up, Neil. <laughs> well, thank
3: you, guys. And it- Nobody else joined us after, so yeah,
1: so
3: this was it. I mean, this was supposed to be this yeah. way, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. only four of us.
1: I have no problem with it. Yeah, which was nice.
2: Oh, thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. See you on tomorrow at Satsang. I'll be Satsang tomorrow. Yeah, have a great yeah. evening, everybody.
1: Thank take you. care. Good thank you. Take care.
0: Thank yeah. you. Yeah. you. Bye bye. Good night. Bye, Bo.